Hello and welcome to the Life, Living It and Loving It podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Doan, and today we're going to be talking about reading. But before we jump into all that, I thought I'd give you my usual weekly update. So this week's been another another phenomenal week for uh, for me. This weather has uh, been a stunning. Uh, we've had very few bad days. We're up to 19 degrees one day this week, which is brilliant for this early in the year. Usually if we're getting warm days this early in the year, it means that we're going to need for a good summer and it's going to get to decent temperatures. So I'm super excited for that. The days are longer as well, uh, which is always nice. <coughs> Excuse me. And... Um, you know, it's super, super great to be able to get out in the, in daylight at both ends of the day, walking the dog, as opposed to uh, walking her in the sun, in, in the in the dark, as we have been over the winter. So uh, that always cheers me up to be able to do that. I love this time of year. Uh, spring flowers are starting to come through as well where we are. We're plenty of daffodils up and about. Yet to see any tulips, but they won't be far behind. So uh, really feeling that um, spring early summer feeling which is which is lovely hopefully you've been having some good weather where you are as well uh hopefully you've been able to make the most of it i know i certainly have been getting out more at the weekends and even during the week been doing longer walks making the most of feeling that sun on our skin so uh been loving it um this week's episode is going to be all about reading and the importance of reading you know i think um uh, we we get so much from reading regularly i know i certainly do and, and you know you ask why you look at most interviews with you know um super successful people and a lot of them um say that they read a lot i think it was warren buffett who famously spends uh six six or seven hours a day reading um which is obviously a significant portion of time um you know it is one of the best and easiest ways to learn you, you know you can do it on your own time reading um you can do it wherever you want you know whether you've got a physical book in your hands um, I've got a physical book. That's what you can hear me flapping around probably in my hands that I'm going to quote from in a minute. Um, so, so you can take a book anyway. You know, most books are small enough. You can fit them in a jacket pocket. Um, if not, you know, most, most smartphones nowadays have the Kindle app on them or other reading apps I'm sure are available as well. Um, but most, most phones you can, you can read, um, books on your phone as well, or most other devices as well. So there's, there's really no issues with accessibility to reading nowadays. Um, you know, if you're not into reading or your site's not that great, or, or even if you're blind, you know, audio books are a way forward as well. So plenty of stuff. Again, Audible is fantastic. Recommend Audible. I'm sure there are other um, audio book services out there as well. Um, I personally, I use Audible. I think that's uh, really good. I have a monthly subscription, which gives me a couple of new um, credits a month to use. Um, so I use that. You know, I, I personally, I don't think you can beat a physical copy of a book. Um, so I'm much there's books all over my house. I've got, um, you know, seven or eight bookcases around the place. Uh, filled with books and, and books on most other services as well. So my back of my house is extremely untidy when you look at it because there's books everywhere. Um, so I, I, for me, I can't beat a physical copy of a book. I like flicking through, rifling through the pages like that. The smell of a new book can't beat it. 
Um, if that's not your style, obviously Kindle's devices are out there as well. I don't find them quite the same. I don't enjoy reading a Kindle book as much, anywhere near as much as I read in a physical copy of books, which is why I buy the physical copies. But I do listen to audio books. Uh, I usually listen to an audio book after I've read it the first time, you know, uh, especially nonfiction books, that is. So if I'm reading nonfiction, um, I tend to have a good read through it as a paper copy. And then a couple of weeks later, I'll listen to it in audio book as I'm out running or walking the dog to, to allow that to sink in further to get uh, another read through. Um, sometimes um, I, I hear it differently when somebody's speaking it to me through an audio book. Um, so that can be really helpful as well. So and that, and that also makes use of the time. You know, I, I listen to podcasts as well uh, and music when I'm running or out with the dog. But um, I quite often listen to to, to uh, audio books as well to just revisit some of the info that I've learned already. Brings a new angle to it. Um, but maybe you prefer um, listening to audiobooks. You know, when I'm cooking of an evening, I, I like to listen to a bit of music, but maybe it works for you to uh, listen to an audiobook as you're reading, or maybe whilst you're driving to the office or driving the kids around, whatever it may be, do what works for you. Um, so, so they're super, super accessible. They're also a really cheap form of learning. You know, most books are what, seven, eight, nine, 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 something like that. Some of the bigger, thicker ones, you know, you might pay 12, 15 quid for 20 quid if they're special editions, something like that. Kindle books, uh, you know, um, I get one credit a month, I think, or a couple of credit months, whatever it is for a regular fee. I think it's less than a 10, 10 pounds a month, um, for, for the audio credit. Apologies for the beeping in the background. I'm having some technical difficulties that will continue beeping all day. It's been frustrating me all day, uh, but I'm assured that that beeping will be rectified shortly. Um, so, um, um, yeah, so, um, books, they're, they're super cheap, right? You, you don't have to go on a course. You don't have to pay for, you know, a couple of hundred quid and go, uh, go to a venue somewhere halfway across the country and then sit and listen from nine till five um, whilst rushing a lunch and trying to process all the information. You know, you can you know, read a book anywhere. You can go and sit on a beach. You can sit in a comfy sofa, sit in bed. Um, you, can, you can sit in a lot of places and read a book. Uh, stood on a train, whatever, um, you know, it's accessible So um, and super cheap as well. Uh, and what I like about a book is quite often it's a lifetime of knowledge distilled down into several hundred pages, uh, which is really cool, right? So you don't have to go and, and get this information from somebody. You don't have to do a load of research on the internet to pull all this stuff together. It's all there for you in one neat little package. So it's really cool. So that's the benefits of reading, you know, uh, and, and the ease of which this is this is available to us. Now, obviously, there are two types of there's reading, which I've already alluded to. There's fiction and non-fiction. So when I, <coughs> excuse me, when I was younger, I used to do a significant amount of fiction reading, um, and, I, and I still do a bit of fiction reading. The last book I read, uh, which I finished yesterday, or you know, a little while ago, uh, more than that, now a couple of days ago. Um, was a fiction book. It was a book called The Things We Cannot Say, and it is by uh, an author called Kelly Rimmer. Um, and I thoroughly recommend it if you're into kind of uh, war wartime uh, drama. Um, it was quite a cool, quite a cool book. I'm just going to read off off the back of the book, the blurb. Um, it, it's actually um, inspired by real historical events, um, which is really cool. There are some nifty pictures in the back of it um, about some of the locations where um, uh, the, the story was based in, um, which is really cool, and, and some of the family members. Who were mentioned in the book so it's, it's actually based on or inspired by real historical events i should say um it's not actually but the main characters um i don't think existed but the locations and some of some of the events 
are um, based closely on other people's stories. Um, so on the back here, it says um, in 20, so 2019, um, life changed beyond recognition for Alice when her son, Eddie, was born with autism spectrum disorder. She must do everything to support him, but at what cost to her family? When her cherished grandmother is hospitalised, a hidden box of memories reveals a tattered photo of a young man, a tiny shoe and a letter. Her grandmother begs Alice to return to Poland to see what became of those she held dearest. World War II. Alina and Tomasz are childhood sweethearts. The night before he leaves for college, Tomasz proposes marriage, but when their village falls to the Nazis, Alina doesn't know if Tomasz is alive or dead. 2019. In Poland, separated from her family, Alice begins to uncover the story her grandmother is so desperate to tell and discovers a love that bloomed in the winter of 1942. As a painful family history comes to light, will the struggles of the past and present finally reach a heartbreaking breaking resolution? What I loved about this one it was actually a book uh, that was recommended to me. Um, it was really cool. Um, what, what was good about it was that the chapters alternated between the kind of current life or 2019 life and the uh, World War II um, back in 1942 and after that. So, um, and and as you kind of uh, go through each chapter you learn more about the characters in each um, uh, stage of their lives and um, it, it really comes together towards the end as well so it was a really cool book um, so I recommend that if you're a fan of wartime uh, fiction I'm also reading another one uh, in a similar kind of um, uh, story um, at the moment uh, which I've just started as well which is really cool after looking good as well but um, so I, I still read fiction but I do mo most of the reading I do is um, is uh, non-fiction and um, I, I read a whole host of uh, different different things in non-fiction I'm always reading different things um, whether it's kind of uh, philosoph philosophical uh, philosophical stuff or whether it's um, historical stuff um, whether it's biographies um, whether it's some of the classics um, I, I read quite a lot of different things and that, why do I uh, read so many different things? Usually um, I have an interest in whatever the topic is of a particular book. Uh, maybe somebody's recommended it to me as, as, as the last books that I was reading there. Um, somebody may recommend a book and, and I, I usually go with the recommendations um, because um, those, those are the best books I find um, and they wouldn't be books that I would normally come across. So it's really cool to be able to, um, to try something new. Um, but like I say, usually I've got an interest in a topic. I do a bit of research, find a couple of um, books that I like the sound of and then read those books. Um, so, for example, a couple of years ago, I was having problems sleeping, um, which I don't normally do. So I bought a couple of books around sleeping. Um, um, so there are three or four down on, on my bookcase downstairs. Um, and I spent a couple of weeks just reading those, um, which helped. Um, get delve into a particular subject matter um, allowed me to resolve a problem that I had. Equally, I um, will look um, for specific topics. So if I if I'm wanting to learn a new skill, uh, for example, I will look for books, do some research, find out uh, the highest rated books on the, on that particular subject, get the top two or three, delve into those, um, and see where I go from there. You know that usually does enough. Um, to to, to um, satisfy my curiosity or teach me whatever it is I need to learn. So books are accessible. They're cheap. They're a good way to learn. They can be read whenever. So you can read in a five-minute gap that you have, or you can read it in 
you know, sit down and read a whole book in a, a, a weekend, you know, in a day, you know, it depends how quick a reader you are. Sometimes, you know, occasionally I do, I must admit, I don't do it very often, but occasionally I do sit down for a whole day at a weekend and read a book from cover to cover or as much as I can in a single day. Um, I tend not to have the time to do that nowadays. So I tend to read in gaps, you know, I might read for half an hour before bed or I might read for five minutes between sessions during the day um, just to, just to change, um, change my day up a little bit, which is really cool. Um, so like I say, it's it's a phenomenal resource that we all have available to us. And, you know, they they, they, they can be taken anywhere uh, and and give us so much value. They certainly give me a lot of value. So if we're if we're in business, let's say, say we've got our own business and we're looking to increase our revenue, we might be able to buy some books on social media marketing, on um, uh, releasing new products on uh, working with customers, retention of customers, gaining new customers. There's a whole host of books on all of these topics out there. Um, so we can sit down and have a read of, of those things that will hopefully help us and put us in a better position. Now, the thing is, if you're reading something and it doesn't, you know, you get, uh, you know, 50 to 100 pages in and you're not seeing the benefit, then stop reading. You know, you don't have to read on. We can just um, put that book to a side, get, you know, throw it away, get rid of it, give it to someone else, donate it to a charity shop, sell it, whatever it is, get shot of it. And let's not, um, you know, waste any more of our time if it's clearly not going to help you. Um, what I tend to do if I'm in, I very rarely do that. Um, but, um, if, if that's the case, I tend to have a flick through to make sure there's nothing else later, you know, look through the chapter contents, make sure there's nothing else that I, I could do with learning, um, from it. Um, before passing it on to somebody else or, or popping it into a charity shop or whatever um, so that somebody else can make better use of it than I'm going to and then I go and find um, something else. I like to keep a list of all my books. Um, I, like I say, I buy a lot of books, so I use uh, Goodreads to track my books. There's an app called Goodreads um, where you can scan the barcodes on your books and it kind of keeps them on a virtual bookshelf so that you know exactly what you've got. Um, so you don't forget which ones you have and which ones you haven't got. Um, so as you can tell, I love reading. Um, there's nothing more than I, you know, I'd spend a hell of a lot more time if I had it reading because I love learning new things. I love choosing my teacher, you know, um, and people's passions really come through in their writing. So it's not like being back in school um, where you maybe not had such passionate teachers. Uh, most writers, uh, that their passion comes through in the writing. If it's a topic that they really enjoy, um, they, they really, that, that really shines through the pages. And I, I really find that type of writing engaging. Um, and, and the books that I read, like I say, I go a lot on recommendations, whether it's through personal friends and family or whether it's through online recommendations, you know, just doing a Google for, um, top five books on a particular topic. You know, those, those topic, uh, those books are usually the best, uh, they're usually rated because the author's passion has shone through and people have learned from it and got what they needed from it. Um, so I find that a really good way of choosing my books. Um, you know, um, so yeah, so, um, I think that's all, all I'm going to say about reading. You, the book that, um, I'm reading, um, or I've got in my hands now had a, I had a page open and in typical Gordon fashion, I flicked through it and I can't find the page, um, that I've been, that I was going to quote from again, but this is, um, it's a book called uh, chicken soup for the soul. I think a lot of people have heard about this book. It's, so, it's sold. Um, 
it says on the front cover here, so it's probably more than this now. This is the 20th anniversary edition. I'm not sure when the uh, the original came out, but it says it sold more than 8 million copies. And I know, because um, I've seen um, some articles online about this book as well, um, I think they they sell it in um, multiple languages as well. I don't think you can uh, just buy it in English. I think um, it's done in a lot of other languages as well. Um, and this book is it's a phenomenal book. Um, it, there's a whole series of them, in fact. Um, this is like I say, this is the original Chicken Soup for the Soul. Um, but they, but they do a whole load, there's a whole series of these which are, are all worth a read. Um, it has a whole host of stories in here. Let me have a look in the. Uh, contents here now this one has something like oh it doesn't actually say the number um but essentially i'm going to say there's over 100 stories in here um every couple of pages is a, is a story um and it's kind of a positive uplifting story um that somebody's written about something that they've achieved so um i, I like i say i had picked one out um um, that I particularly wanted to talk about, but can I find it again? No, I can't. Um, so I am just going to randomly pick, um, flick through and pick one at random, which I appreciate is rather dangerous, isn't it? Because um, I'll probably pick um, uh, <laughs> one of the least relevant ones uh, now. So um, let us pick. Uh, so here we go. So let's pick one of these shorter ones so that we're not here all day uh, talking about these. Let's do um, this one. It's called uh, See the Miracle. Um, and it starts with a quote from Albert Einstein. So it says, there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle and the other is though everything is a miracle. So here we go. So it's only um, a page and a half or so long. In fact, it's slightly longer than that. This one, it's gone over uh, to the other side. But I'll just read the first part of it. It happened in an instant. One small instant held everything. My life, her life, my family in its clenched fists. Beads broke in a rush of terror across my forehead as I bolted around the deck and down the stairs. My legs were moving, but I couldn't feel them. Couldn't register anything or feel anything except the fear closing in. All I wanted to know in that moment was that my daughter Jolie was alive. It was one of those events that happened in a split second, and yet it held the potential to shift everything in my life. How I would wake up in the morning... How I would fall asleep at night. How I would kiss my two daughters as I took them in and watched them turn their heads to sleep. My family and I were vacationing on a small private island in Fiji this past summer. When I say small, I mean so small that there is no way to get on or off the island unless it is pre-arranged. We were staying with friends in a beautiful house with a wraparound balcony. The house was so high up that the drop below the balcony was nearly 20 feet. Um... One uh, one night uh, one night after dinner, our old our older daughter Gemma rushed in from the balcony after dinner, screaming, "Jolie fell off the deck! Jolie fell off the deck!" I could see the terror in her eyes. We rushed toward the screams to find our Jolie on the ground, twenty feet below. She wasn't moving. My thoughts ran wild. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. Please, God, don't let her be dead. In the seconds that followed, I could not run fast enough. Could not get there soon enough to scoop my daughter into my arms and hold her tight. The fears stacked on one another. How will we get her off the island? How will we get, get her to a hospital? What will happen to her? Um, I'm going to jump ahead um, to the end of the story. Um, so um, 
Tears stained the cheeks, uh, tears stained my cheeks. The room felt like it was trembling, like a power was sweeping over it, and all I could do was cry and be thankful that my daughter was alive. Hand in hand with relief came this overwhelming angst and worry that was all consuming. I became obsessed with fear in the days ahead. The feelings were paralyzing. I could not stop analyzing the situation and asking myself, what went wrong? How could we have prevented the accident? Um, one afternoon, I called my dear friend, and uh, he stopped me and said, Eric, you're focusing on what didn't happen. What didn't happen is an illusion. Stop focusing on that. Start focusing on what did happen. What did happen is a miracle. Just meditate on that and constantly put yourself in that space. You witnessed a miracle. You experienced a miracle. Your daughter lived through that miracle. So um, his words shifted me into a new space of thinking. He was absolutely right. My, my daughter lived and my only response from that point forward needed to be gratitude and appreciated for the seconds that make up every moment we share together so obviously there's a little bit more to that story um uh, so grab the book and read it if you're interested each one of these stories is um is kind of an uplifting tale so something negative has happened and somebody's got through it um so i find this book really reading uh, really useful i read it through at least once per year because i find it really positive when i'm having problems when i'm struggling um with with challenges it's really good to read this uplifting um stuff i've, and I've just happened to flick through to the story i was going to read so i'm going to read that quickly because i think this is cool it's called The Rules for Being Human, and it, and it starts with a quote from Ashley Montague. Every human being is a problem in search of a solution. So here's the rules for being a human. One, you will receive a body. You may like it or hate it, but it will be yours for the entire period of this time around. Two, you will learn lessons. You are enrolled in a full-time informal school called Life. Each day in this school, you will have the opportunity to learn lessons. You may like the lessons or think them irrelevant and stupid. Three, there are no mistakes, only lessons. Growth is a process of trial and error. Experimentation. The failed experiments are as much a part of the process as the experiment that ultimately works. Four, a lesson is repeated until learned. A lesson will be presented to you in various forms until you have learned it. When you have learned it, you can then go on to the next lesson. Five, learning lessons do not does not end. There is no part of life that does not contain its lessons. If you are alive, then there are lessons to be learned. Six, there is no better than here. Uh, sorry, there is no better than here. When your there has become a here, you will simply obtain another there that will again look better than here. Seven. Others are merely mirrors of you. You cannot love or hate something about another person unless it reflects something you love or hate about yourself. 8. What you make of your life is up to you. You have all the tools and resources you need. What you do with them is up to you. The choice is yours. 9. Your answers lie inside you. The answers to life's question lie inside you. All you need to do is look, listen and trust. 10. You will forget these rules. And that's by Cherie Carter-Scott. I think that's a cool little poem or list of rules, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think that, that's one of my favorite ones from the book. Um, you know, um, there are no mistakes, only lessons. A lesson is repeated until learned. I think these are very applicable to all of our lives. So there's a load of stuff in this book. Like I say, I read it through at least once a year because I find it super positive, super engaging. I really enjoy it. It reminds me 
that actually I'm not the only one with problems. There are other people who have gone through more than I have, the same as I have, so I can do that too. Um, so, and that's the same with all books, you know. So, um, go out, find a book to read this weekend, um, dig into it. Let's see, uh, what we can learn from it. Um, like I say, it doesn't necessarily always have to be non-fiction either. I do still occasionally read, um, uh, non-fiction. I've started reading a bit of wartime, um, stuff recently. Oops, just dropped that one. Um, uh, but, um, I, I read a lot of cr uh, crime. I read a lot of science fiction as well and fantasy, uh, books as well. Um, so there's not much that I don't read. I always pick things up from even um, fiction books. You know, um, one of my favorite books of all time was The Martian um, by Andy Weir. Uh, uh, you may have seen the film with, um, uh, was it Matt Damon, I think, was in the film. Uh, he did a really good job of playing that. It was about a man who was uh, uh, went on a mission to Mars uh, and became the only person uh, left on Mars. He was left on Mars by accident. And um, he, the story is kind of about him surviving um, and a period of time on Mars by himself. Um, the film is um, phenomenal. Matt Damon played it really well. I'm sure it was Matt Damon played the character really well. Uh, the book is even better. Um, and actually, it goes into some real good um, science stuff in there um, to this point of which I couldn't tell which was, you know, whether some of that stuff was actually possible at the moment with the technologies we had available to us now or, or whether it was, was entirely fictional. Um, so it was really well written. So I thoroughly recommend that as well. Um, but you, like I say, you can pick things up through fiction books as well. Um, and then all about that, the one I was just reading, the one that I referenced to you earlier, The Things We Cannot Say by Kelly Rimmer. You know, I, I'd actually visited some of the places in the book previously. I've been to... Uh, Poland visited Krakow and Auschwitz. Um, again, a, 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 a fascinating, uh, if horrific, um, uh, place to visit, but but well worth it nonetheless. Um, so some of some of the places she described in the book I had been to. Um, she she made reference to the salt mines in Krakow. I've been to those, which was awesome, and that she mentioned some places that I hadn't been in Krakow. So um, I've added those to a list of places to visit in the future. So even from fiction books. We can learn stuff and take stuff away from that. So um, let's um, try uh, as, a, as a collective to increase the amount we're reading. Uh, let's increase the quality of the stuff we're reading. So let's stop scrolling through Facebook and reading utter nonsense and drivel on Facebook. Let's try and make better use of our time. Uh, let's try and, and learn some new stuff. So uh, go and dig out a book today. I'm sure everybody has a book lying around at home that they can have a read of this weekend. Uh, you know, spend five minutes here, five minutes there or half an hour before bed or sit down, treat yourself to a lovely hot chocolate um, or coffee, whatever your hot drink of choice is of an evening uh, and relax uh, away an evening um, flicking through the pages of a book. Hopefully that's been helpful. Hopefully it's given you an idea of why I read so much, uh, why um, a lot of successful people always talk about reading so much. Um, let's see if we can, um, get into it. Uh, you know, we don't necessarily need to read for four or five hours a day, you know, 10, 15 minutes should do it. Um, if we do it consistently, um, but let's see what benefits we can get from that. Uh, as always feedback, um, your results, if, if you, um, if you find that that's been really helpful, or maybe you've not got on quite so well with the reading, maybe YouTube videos are better for you uh, for learning new stuff. As always, feed that back to us. And um, I'm sure we'll do a, another episode in the future on that as well. Thanks very much for listening. See you guys next week.